0: welcome to the giant step podcast with your host maurice bernstein as we take you on a journey into music and culture from the world of giant step Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Step podcast, where we take you on a journey into music and culture. I'm your host, Maurice Bernstein. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Giant Step. And this week, uh, I'm very pleased to bring you a conversation that we had with the legendary Babel Gilberto, uh, vocalist, music royalty in Brazil, uh, an all-round amazing person, um, This uh, episode was originally recorded as an Instagram Live, December the 21st, uh, 2020, uh, with Babel speaking to us from Rio de Janeiro. Um, And as it was done on Instagram Live, please excuse any sort of voice glitches or audio issues, because as usual, the content is well worth listening to. And if you want to find out more about Giant Step, uh, come and visit our website at giantstep.net. And please follow us on Instagram, at Giant Step, and send us messages and notes and tell us what we think about our podcasts. So now please enjoy my conversation with the great Babel Gilberto.
1: You can see a little bit of Rio. Yeah,
0: I, I was going to say, can we see Rio? Can we get a view of Rio before we, because we, we're in freezing cold New York. I want to see Rio de Janeiro. Wow. Okay, you want to really
1: see it? Hold on a minute. I want
0: to really, we want, we want You really want to see it? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rio Rio by the sea. Which, which beach is that? Where, where, where exactly are we looking at? Which is that uh, Ipanema? or? Where?
1: Okay, so let me go back because I cannot hear you from outside. So, come wh- Ella, come inside.
0: Wh- which beach were we looking at?
1: This is Aquador Beach. It's, oh. it's actually where Ipanema and Copacabana meet. So it's an amazing place and I'm at this wonderful hotel called Fazano. my house is in construction and luckily I got invited to be here after staying in this other beautiful hotel called Janeiro and now I'm here with my dog that disappeared. He right, probably gone English. to the
0: beach. I'm... Excuse me? <laughs> He's probably gone to the beach.
1: <laughs> I'm in front of the beach but yeah. the problem is that the temperature it's been quite quite cold, know, I, and uh, as the doctor says, I I don't think it's that safe to go to the beach with that many people. Right. So try to avoid. I, I yeah. haven't. I've been twice to the beach in the whole pandemic.
0: Right.
1: Now more than anything, I, I don't think it's it's a, a best idea to be. beach now
0: <laughs> understood well Babel it is an absolute honor to have you joining us for for Thank the Giants here. FIG live you cheers cheers unfortunately I'm only on water but um you you are a legend you are Brazilian music royalty and a, a a legend and it's such an honor to have you um it's it's just great to catch up because you know so much has been going on in the world Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last year and so much has been going on with you as well. So I I really want to um, You know talk about a number of things uh, and then if we have time I'd love to also uh, Allow people to ask some questions um, Wow, I think well. I got
1: so,
0: then. Yeah, good good yeah. so um, for, for me uh, a great way to start is always to really understand the person by their 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 early years and especially with you your 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 pedigree you know is is so incredible I just love to hear a little bit about just what it was like growing up as Babel Gilberto the daughter of uh, and you're gonna have to excuse my my uh, Portuguese pronunciation is terrible so you want to say
1: I'm going to bring some water over so I don't get drunk uh, Joao, okay. let me say, well, the daughter of João Gilberto and Miusha. Does Miusha. I was going to get Miucha
0: right and Joao right, actually. And also you're the niece of Chico Baroque, and also uh, Baraki, right? and our, uh, 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 Anna uh, de Holland and uh, Christina Baraki as well. So you, you, everywhere you look in your life, you, you had this such a rich musical. There was, did you ever think of not being a musician?
1: no i never actually (laughs) been not never thought about not being an artist so that's when i challenge and i i'm so happy like like today i was arriving here and i was trying to get my password to to work with instagram i got all this digital group now we lost some instant you know and then because you are who you are everything stops and they do everything to make you look great and be great just because you have a life. Isn't that wonderful? So it's not only because you're an artist, but because you have a mission. And I believe that as you grow up in the family that have been kind of working like that and sometimes being privileged in certainly circumstances, it's not only glamour, but like today, even though it's a very special day and I did not meditate and I did not do what I supposed to do, I'm taking the time to talk to you guys that before talking about my childhood, I must say that the day I arrived in New York and I had posters all over with my face on and people were telling me over the phone, we didn't really have, no, we were about to start having cell phones at the time. And then I did that wonderful concert at the Shine. Yeah,
0: yeah. We joined you know, that. Yeah, that
1: yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. A champagne and nobody yeah. had any champagne at the Shine. Yeah. And then it shows up with this vintage Dom Pérignon. I don't know where champagne was. And I was yeah. like, I never seen that champagne. Oh my God, a vintage one. So that moment was so important for me, and I I believe I'm very uh, lucky. And you know, brilliantly lucky to have the pleasure to work with you guys more than once. So oh, thank let's, you. Let's go oh. back to my style. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, But Thank you. That I mean, of course. I mean, you know, that our, our goal was to work with artists like you. So it was it, the honor was all ours. Um, but yeah, so talk a little bit about growing up because I know you also traveled around a lot. Your your parents were living in, in you know, just. You lived in Mexico City. You, you know, so um, give, give, give the viewers a little bit of a, a snapshot of what it was like being a, a, a young Babel. Yeah, well,
1: when people say that I was born in New York, I was literally born in New York. I am a New Yorker. I was born on in a hospital, a mito. But I, my first place was on Seventy First Street. i mean Seventy Second Street, right across Dakota. That was my first oh, home. Wow how bad that was. And le- and funny enough, when I was moving back to Brazil, the last place I stayed was right at the corner of this majestic building, which is right across the street from Dakota. So I remained there until I was three years old. And then I moved to Mexico to be with my parents. My father was recording this wonderful album called Parolito and João Mexico, I think it was, no, João in Mexico and has a Parolito song, sorry my mistake. And, uh, and then, because I was starting to really speak, I immediately learned Spanish, so I would uh. speak Spanish to my parents and they would speak Portuguese with me. By that time, I think music and guitar and my parents singing was just my life and i didn't have much more to do besides watching them and trying to imitate the sounds, or sometimes even you know provide did,
0: did, did you realize who they were i mean because they were your parents but did it sink in that i mean your father uh, you know <laughs> started a music revolution you know right? yeah.
1: no i don't think i was like uh I always knew my father was famous, but I just realized that he was really famous when he arrived in Brazil by the 80s. And I sang with him, Chega de Saudade, for the TV show. And for me, I was such a naive girl. What did I know about life and stuff? And having so many important people watching me and the global TV special, with all the celebrities you can imagine, So I think by that time, I realized how important he was and how important I became because I sang along with him, Che Guevara Saudade.
0: And how old were you when you did the TV show?
1: 14 years.
0: Wow. And had you already started singing? uh, Oh,
1: I did my first recording when I was seven years old. With your mom, right? With my mom, yeah. yeah. And then I did some TV commercials, I did some jingles, and also I think which is very important for the people that are listening to me. Uh I try, okay, to learn music, but I was never a good student. And I never really had patience because I got the the feeling that improvising was much easier, which it is, and you just get in your comfortable zone and you don't want to change. But to be honest, I think my biggest school uh, was at uh, the teaching lesson of learning melodies very fast was because I did so many commercials and jingles to help my mother. So I would used to leave school and just go to studio and from one studio I would do Mickey Mouse Club and Bernard and Bianca or whatever Disney, you know, animation film was in the area about to come and I was always doing a character or something else. So. I'm very proud of that because I think that creates a lot of musicality on me. And even though when the melodies were a little weird, I would just change. And then later on, I was doing a recording for a film called Menino do Rio, Guilherme Arantes. I never told this story to anyone. And then Guilherme Arantes, who is an amazing musician, was like, I love that the part of the melody that you have changed. And I was like, I changed. Yes, it was like something else which was a little little not that interesting and I just added the bandit note. This was when I was around my sixteen years old. So I think that that just, you know, taught me how to improvise without being so jealous or so guilty or so worried with the the melody itself but playing play and always adding without being so aggressive and changing the whole music. So for me, that was a big school. And then after that, I started doing theater, which I think it helped me a lot. And again, my mom comes back and my uncle, Chico Buacchi, we did O when I was 11 years old. And it was a musical that started with the recordings of the, the the sounds and the music with all the group of children. Of course, I was the like the the pupil that sing all the solos, and then we did the play, and we also draw everything and paint
0: it. Oh wow!
1: So I draw a lot, I paint a lot, so I I definitely I think I was prepared by life amazingly, and I'm I'm very happy that life got me this presence that I just now that I'm. Older, I know how to appreciate. Oh, right. there's Ari, my friend. Hi. Yeah.
0: You've got a, a lot of people, uh, you got a lot of friends who are sending hearts and emojis <laughs> to you. Uh, you're making everyone very happy. Um,
1: Thank God. It's yeah. a beautiful day yeah. and
0: it's yeah. right. so, I think you. you, you so, your, your, your father moved to New York, uh, was living in New York, and your mother was touring a lot. So, you were living in Rio with with your grandparents, with your family? I you
1: was in São Paulo with my grandmother. My father was in the US and my mother was everywhere. And then I also had something important to say I don't want to put that. The first forbidden film for adults I saw was Hair, And I had all my makeup on trying to pretend that I look 18 and just wanted to let us go. And, you know, today Aquarius is up mm-hmm. to start again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw the tale of the film because imagine when I was... I think I was nine, actually, when I watched it. Imagine wa- watching that film when you were nine years old in Brazil and you knew you were American and you knew Central Park exists, right. But I can not remember any of that. And my English was so poor. So anyway. So going back, I was with my parents in Sao Paulo. Thank God, my grandparents, I'm sorry, my grandparents, my, my grandfather was a historian, my grandmother, mother of seven, and grand, grandmother of 14, I believe, and she raised me beautifully and she taught me to, how to try to be a princess. I'm still trying, but I think she did a good job
0: she did a great job and so musically uh, obviously you had the the heritage of your family but were you listening to Led Zeppelin and Black Sap? what what were you listening to as a a teenager? I never
1: never listened to Led Zeppelin Um, until I had a boyfriend that was crazy about rock and that was already 19 the first music that really touched my heart and opened my eyes for you know other kind of music besides my father's music let's mm-hmm. put it that way i'm not gonna even say world music because mm-hmm. i don't even know I, I
0: i hate that expression <laughs>
1: <laughs> i heard isn't she lovely in a christmas party from beth faria beth faria is an incredible actress and my aunt is also an actress that was married to chico and we went there on the 24th the 24th was ever at her house and Opposite of my parents, my my uncle, including myself. We don't really listen to music, especially loud music. Unless we sit down and pay attention. Background music, it's something that I never really learned how to do. But then Isn't She Lovely was on the back. And then I, I asked them to play it again. And then I got crazy with Steve Wonder. And then I got myself deep on. The Secret Life of Plants, and also at the t- same time, I discovered Michael Jackson. And Earth, Wind, and Fire, and, you know, Donna Summer, Let's Dance. So these were really the first music I heard. Unfortunately, I didn't listen to Last Zeppelin.
0: Right, okay. <laughs> so, so some... Somebody just asked a question. They wanted you to go back and talk a little bit more about your grandfather. <laughs> Somebody said you need to talk. So you over so do you want to maybe give a couple of sentences? My grandfather,
1: my, my grandfather was the most interesting person in the world, and I think he was a Bohemian. He was. He lived in in Germany, in Berlin. He actually did the first translation to from Germany to Portuguese. Wow. He was about history and and always try to tell me the stories that I needed to learn including Adam and Eve or the beginning of the peace here because he was also talking about the yellow fever and mm-hmm. also at the beginning of the pandemic I was talking about that but everything he will tell me all the stories will have the touch <clears throat> of uh, a teacher that always wanted to be funny, but couldn't be funny because he was a historian. So with his first granddaughter, he let himself be the Red Hood girl, and I could be the the wolf. Uh, you know, everything was opposite. We'll stop in the traffic, you call the car, the next car and say, Hey, you see this little girl behind me? She's my god, she's my grandmother. Do you know that? And I was You're crazy. <laughs> so he was that kind of person. At some point we we tease each other so much on the way to the university, my grandmother driving and him talking, having a fight with me, that she literally stopped the car and said, Okay. One out, or I can keep driving, otherwise, I cannot do it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, again, I don't think I'll be the if I wouldn't be my grandfather's uh, oh, granddaughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And thank you for whoever asked me to talk about Papioto, that's mm-hmm. the name because Papi, you know, papi Otto outro, another Papioto, right? Uh, yeah. I would have been the Adele.
0: <laughs> so um, you know, you were obviously influenced by your 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 parents' music. Your father playing guitar, bossa nova in the house. But you've never seen yourself as a bossa nova artist. Um, no. you, My father doesn't yeah. see
1: himself as a bossa nova artist. That's a label. Nothing. Yes, bossa nova. Right. As with the bossanova, but he was much more, he created a sound, he had a whole aesthetic way of seeing things, and uh he was almost like a philosopher. So I wouldn't say that he's only Bossa Nova, but yes, the sound of his guitar, the whispery singing, they're not overdoing it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the most subtle artists I've ever experienced live in my life. I mean, I saw your father. I saw your father a couple of times perform live, but the first time was in 1987 at the Town Hall in New York, and it was oh, just him on. It, yeah, it was him on stage solo playing his guitar, and you could. First of all, the the audience was silent. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there, but. I also know that he was—he had, you know, he, he he didn't really enjoy performing. He would get nervous performing, you know.
1: I think at some point you you enjoy. That was right. I you remember the length of the show. the yeah. yeah. How long it was?
0: It was a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. So that's
1: what it is. I think that he when he would find himself, you know, when he would play with his legs and the guitar, then finally have fun, he wouldn't stop.
0: Right, it was one of the most moving performances that I'd ever seen, and just the subtlety of his guitar playing, his voice, his, his just the the way he pronounces words was just so beautiful. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. I was twenty one years old, eighty seven, right after I moved to New York. Three years later.
0: So that that's a very good segue, because I wanted to talk about you moving, because that was kind of like the next big phase in, in Bebel's life, right? You coming to New York. So you came to New York.
1: So in 86, I did my first album, the EP called mm-hmm. Bebel Jubeiro. Mm-hmm. I wrote Preciso Dizer Que Eu Te Am with Cazuas and this other door that I have in my life, which is amazing, because... Luckily I met Kazuza which in today's day <laughs> rests like five minutes away from where my mother is laying in the cemetery and I always make jokes about the Bougainville that over him is bigger and she needs to have it. <laughs> I was just visiting her last two years last week 'cause I was at Imusha on her. My mother always loved the cemetery, so don't don't get this wrong. Of course I got water on my eyes, but uh, she taught me how to like cemeteries, so I don't have a problem with that anyway. But <clears throat> with Preciso Dizer Que Eu Te Amo, I think I achieved a, a, a different position in my life, although my music wasn't really embraced by the rock music that was happening in Brazil at that time. And uh, even though I was Cazuza's friend and everything, nothing really happened. We got a Grammy, Brazilian Grammy at that time, Premier Shark, Best Song of the Year. But my career and the whole thing kind of got lost. And then I decided to move to New York, invited by Arthur Lindsay to do a show at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Oh, wow. A Bam. tribute to Carmen Miranda. Wow. <laughs>
0: Excuse
1: me. Yeah, that was a crazy show. The other day I met Arthur at Thomas Bartlett, my producer, the producer of I Got hmm My New album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And we were talking about how crazy he was. We were. Because I think he had no idea how to direct a musical at the band with that big budget and all the responsibility he had. And the crazy uh, host hostess he had, like, you know, me, Dal Costa, Nana Vasconcelos.
0: Wow. Um, Nana, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was kind of weird at the same time. But that was the reason I I came to New York. I got the invitation. I got the ticket, and then I was an American citizen. I just decided to stay.
0: Right. And where did you live when you first moved to New to New York? Where Where did you find think, your your home? Like where? Your, on this
1: your... Village, on Third Street between A and B, one eighty four East Third Street. And to be honest, I actually said that I lived on the same. I mean, at the corner when I was born, but I forgot to add one little thing. I had one more week that I had to stay before I was going to Thailand because I was heading to Japan at the beginning of the year. And last minute, the place I was staying wasn't available anymore. So I had to rent a place. And my dear friend, who is my PR here, Mario, said, the bell, there's a place on 3rd Street between A and B. Do you like that area? I was like, I <laughs> there. don't tell me it's 184 guess what? It was 184. Wow. And I met my neighbor who was a singer and I thought she was so huge and then she was like, oh the bell, you came here. <laughs> so yes, I lived there and then I moved to Astro Place where I remained my whole life. Number one Astor Place. I never bought an apartment, but I lived like a queen in a penthouse. I had my plants, I had my herbs, I had my roses, I had my sunflower, I was the happiest person in the world.
0: And, and you also, um, you know, one of the scenes that you you spent all the time in was the New Blue community, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, you know, what Ilhan did creating that, and still doing, uh, creating that community um, in Alphabet City back then, created a lot of very important musical moments for New York and just talk a little bit for the, those of the people listening who never got to experience what those early days were like at New Blue and that really small packed club, um, you know, how crazy it was and what great music was being played,
1: yeah. I miss New no Blue every day. I have a drink, but <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go there, stay there. Musically, I had a very interesting relationship because I hated the way the sound was. So I was, I never going to do a show here, which I never actually did. I did participations, I did little things, but a real show never. But any show, I'll be the first one to get there and probably the last one to leave. The crazy days we had in the basement, I remember sometimes (laughs) calling, like, look, the situation here is very delicate. Can you open the basement from the street so I don't have to cross the people from the blue? And you <laughs> do that for me. So I could go just straight up to the basement <laughs> and hang hey, with the with clock Able talking about trombone and doing crazy, you know, trombone lines, writing crazy songs with name, you know, like. Hanging with Mike Patton and Nora Jones after the five home. So many incredible things. That seriously, I think what Johan did is amazing. We lost the the problem of playing with each other when he did the crazy show here in Saskatoon two years ago, and uh, he didn't want to play any of my songs. And we had like more than four rehearsals for all the seventeen new songs we had. Wow. Uh, so it was amazing. I think that for me, it, if I didn't have new blue in my life, I'll be so boring and so bebellish. So I needed to have a little bit of underground you know, touch just right. to remain the crazy person I am until today.
0: <laughs> Very special times. And then, of course, um, you know, really your, your breakthrough album, uh, which we're now celebrating the 20th anniversary of T- Tanto Tempo. Um, Talk a little, because that really was the album where most people, you know, got to got to know who you were. Talk a little bit about that, because I know it was made, uh, it was released in Europe first, and, um, th- you know. Well,
1: to be honest, Cramdys did a great job. So by the time we were picked by, let's say, East-West in London, which was a big help, and also Warner Jazz in France, we were already, I was already on 14,000 copies in UK, which at that time for Brazilian artists
0: was huge, yeah.
1: and in France, 20,000 something. When they came in more, then it was a different level, and uh, it, it was very important for me to have that, because it was a recognition that I thought I will maybe never had it, or maybe would achieve. And uh, it was glorious times, and also was lucky because I also got the tale of the record stores, right? So I saw my face and the the, the cover album across the street from Tower Records, Virgin Records, H D H H M B H M B. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine. So I I could walk from my house two blocks down. I'll see my face. The size of this window. If I go towards Uni Square, I'll say I'll see it even bigger.
0: Out of Virgin, yeah.
1: Yeah. Two of my first albums, right, after Tanto Tempo and Bebel Gilberto Mm -hmm. were displayed. And after that, the the record stores disappeared. So I didn't really feel the impact of not being famous anymore. Right. (laughs)
0: But that, but that record really did to change, change everything, and that's when we first got a chance to work together, and we did the, we did the Shine Show with you. We did two shows at Irving Plaza, uh, one of them that uh, I was remembering. We had a guy called Gerald as the DJ, which is kind of, it's like the Bel Gilberto and a guy called Gerald. But that just goes to show how beautifully eclectic. The music was back then,
1: you know I fell in love with him, and you know he'll prepare a different, a different set every night because you refuse to repeat the same set, and you refuse to show to someone and me as I said, no turn off the turn off the music, can you turn it off? I'll go to the dressing room- Can, can I hear Gerald from my dressing room because I like to hear him while I'm getting ready Right. you know. That's amazing. I saw him in Australia two years ago. We had a beautiful meeting. We were together at the oh my God. It's gonna come back to my, my head. This amazing, amazing festival. Midday? No. Oh my god, I forgot the name. Someone is gonna remember. But anyway, it was amazing, really.
0: Um and and we also uh we, we, which I'd actually forgotten that when I was talking to to your manager, I'd forgotten that we we put out a, a twelve inch with you, um, uh, 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 Agaju. We did the Agaju remixes, and we oh, put it out on there, vinyl. Yeah.
1: Oh, so Daddy came. That that's very good. Uh, you you probably remember Pena, Adriana Pena.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably watching us, and she's helping me working with us actually on this whole marketing thing. You see, Adriana, that's a very important um, information. So this uh, vinyl, did it came on the Giant Step label?
0: So we, yeah, we 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 were working. In we were working with um, Six Degrees um. and um, doing the marketing on on that album, on the Babel Gilberto album. And uh, I think some, Spiritual South had already done a remix. And yeah. there was the Grant Nelson remix of yeah. um, River River Song, was it? Um, and and then,
1: Latin Project.
0: and Latin Project, they, did, they were actually on Giant Step Records. So they did a remix as well. And I don't think, I mean, back then labels weren't really putting out vinyl because they were very much into wow. just CDs. And yeah. we were like, well, let's put this out on vinyl, because that's what the DJs want. They wanted vinyl back then. Oh, so absolutely. yeah, we, we put it out. And I think we put you on a couple of our compilations. And people just, and for us to be working with you was just like such a thrill. So thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> those those were like special moments. And you know, the touring, also like now that we're talking about DJ the remix, mix on my music, I think it was absolutely necessary because it got me in a different platform, let's say, and and also enchanted my show to be more danceable. So I'll have the whole sexy night vibe and making babies, but also dance. And I love that because for me, it's really amazing to be dancing and being, you know, Lost and lose on stage when my father told me to do just the opposite.
0: <laughs> but your mother probably told you to do. Oh, uh, my
1: <laughs> mother will probably be dancing with me. Actually, she she sings on Anganjou, they're like crazy background vocals. Ah. There. yeah, that's my mother.
0: And you, and you, but you've always done stuff with DJs. I remember you were on Toa Tay's solo album like way back, like, yeah, that's that amazing. Was-
1: Amazing of you to remember that. It's a great um, album.
0: I yeah. love that Teletay album. Yeah.
1: Again, Arthur Lance, It was because of him, I met him. And uh, I was playing in New York before I got the, the, to be lucky to work with you guys. Mm-hmm. I had a gig at the Nails. Remember Nails?
0: Oh, of course I remember Nails. Yeah.
1: All 14th Street.
0: Well, so I, I remember it too again. well, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so much. <laughs> so,
1: I'm I'm like going to play at nails, and uh, no, now I I got lost. Why I'm? I'm oh yes, now I remember. Tabuchai. So Arthur calls me in the afternoon. And say that by that time we did not have cell phones, so he left me a message. And I had a very nice friend of mine staying with me. So he was like, "Babel, there's this Japanese called Soate. I want you to put his name on it." He didn't say the DJ that was part of D Light that I was right. doing things about. It. But my friend that was connected enough, Tony Vanzolini, he was like, Babel, Tote from D Light, groups in the heart. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, You must be kidding. So I had his name in the guest list and he came and he stayed for the two sets. After that, he just gave me his card as a good Japanese guy and said, would you be available in two days to record it with me? I'm gonna send you the ideas. And that was just history. So I did the taking over, which was a challenge because mm-hmm. he gave me a track with that, just the melody that he wanted me to sing exactly that melody. The tom, tongue, tom, 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 Everything kind of cut rhythmically Difficult to follow and dance, but very catchy. So he was like, I want you to say, to say names of fruits and, and say the word Copacabana. Right. It was one of the hardest jobs I ever had done in my life. And I remember watching to my friends and they were like, uh-huh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes, okay. Yeah. No one will get it until he was out. Right. And thank God, try Cold Quest.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: led, and then it got even bigger and got mm-hmm. much more attention mm-hmm. so that was a good one I'm very 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 happy that I did this beginning of my life with Toa uh, and even though we was planning to you the somebody Benzo, Benson for instance when I met Suba
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: in London and I had met uh, Montobin and we were mm-hmm. planning to do a song together a new song together but I when I went him in Brighton. He was living in Brighton. I was like, uh, Adam, do you have just the track of the, the Nova? The name of the song was Nova to complete. Mm-hmm. The Nova track was like, yeah, hi. Oh, yeah. He had a British accent, although his mother was Brazilian. But you know, we have to do a really new song. Come on, bro. I was like, mm-hmm. please, let me just take it home. I just would like to sing. And as I got home and I started singing to my husband then I out of the blue, start singing some of the bands on top of the track. That's how it started. And then when I showed to Suba, Suba got crazy. When I showed back to Amon, Amon got crazy. So I really think that for some reason, spirituality came into my life and got me together with this twist of DJs and doing mm-hmm. something crossover that wouldn't make me just the daughter of my father. And my mother, and the granddaughter, and the niece, and the mother of my daughter.
0: So, oh. um, we 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 you know, we, we don't have a lot of time and I really do want to talk about your new album, which sure. I love, by the way, I'm good at. It's your first album for six years. Um, and just before I ask you about it, I, I you know, in, in me listening to it, it has it reminds me of watching a Humphrey Bogart film like an old black really? and white movie it has that sort of like depth to it uh where you're you're sort of chanteuse it, it's it just i could just see you uh you know in it, you know in in one of those movies performing this album it just has that atmosphere oh, about You
1: got it. it you got it totally that's amazing because that's exactly what we were. We were not, we never sat down. Thomas Bartlett, the producer of the right. album. So to whoever, whoever didn't listen to me saying his name, I said before. Thomas, on top of everything, is a dear friend of mine. He's not a musician only at all. He's a very sensible guy artistically. He has a very interesting taste. He's a very handsome man. Came from a beautiful family, so Thomas is not—he's a one of a kind. So as we start creating the, the the music, we we kind of found ourselves into this exactly black and white, full film, scene, sound. Sometimes we would would confuse ourselves because he, he would have also uh, a camera on with some. Uh, Old films, a camera oh, like okay. Ethan, a device, yeah, we would watch old films without any volume, so just to have something happening, you know in the middle of all those gear of the studio gear, so that also helped me a lot because sometimes we were just watching i don 't know uh a film when I was stuck with some words and then the words would just come up to my head. So I would say that the method we choose to do agora, it's a method that should be studied because we were very, very free. We didn't have any pressure. We didn't have a deadline. We didn't even have a record company. So that helps a lot. So... God, was made in a very difficult time, which I'm sure people are also. Yeah. Curious about so you there.
0: you were making it. Yeah. Go go. Sorry. Go ahead. Just talk about. Yeah.
1: No, I was. I started working on with him as I was coming back from Puglia, and I was already almost getting, you know, the power of attorney of my dad, and then right after my mother got the cancer, and the cancer run very fast. So I was in between coming back to Brazil, taking care of my dad, dealing with my mom, dealing with being in New York and being in Brazil. And uh, I always thought my father was going to die. And then my mother gets very sick. And I get here to be with her, thinking she was going to live another five months. But then she just lived nine days. Wow. Oh, yeah. But to be honest, most of the songs were written, but we wrote other dead ones at that period of the very sadness so bolero came after yet another love song came after um essence a song i did for my mother came after as well so uh in total we had like 17 songs that we did in the last three years and uh I believe that Agora is one of my best albums. It's, it's a fantastic favorite.
0: album. Do fantastic album.
1: An important day, meditation. The bells gonna win the Grammy.
0: The yes. bells gonna win the Grammy. <laughs> Gosh. And oh. it, 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 I have to ask you a question. There's no guitar on the album, right?
1: No, that was so, the pur- purpose.
0: Okay. Do you want to talk no a little guitar, bit about that? No.
1: Well, that was more Thomas, that I must say that I agree immediately with him. I was in the phase that I was doing like voice and guitar shows for the last three years when we started working together. And I think uh, as Thomas has this very electronic sense of harmony and the, the sounds that he creates, I don't think it would be too much space for the guitar. So in purpose, he convinced me to sing more in Portuguese and not to use the Dylan
0: guitar, not even ah. guitar. And um, obviously, you know, the record, the record came out. I think August or September. Um,
1: the album came out in May. I mean, May. I think, May. Sorry, no, sorry. It, it was, it
0: supposed, was to supposed to come out. out. Yes, it came yeah. Came
1: out the twenty August twenty-six.
0: Right. And just talk a little bit about um, the challenges of releasing an album during pandemic because um you know art, as an artist you're used to you go on tour you do your promotion you're doing interviews you know you you with your bands you're doing all these things and now it's it's this where you know you're in uh, Brazil I'm in New York and we're talking it, it zooms it's no touring. Just talk a little bit about just the change of pace and the atmosphere and what it what that's like. You know,
1: Adriana Pena just came and it's nominated to Grammys. Oh, it is <laughs> coming back. No, she was just <laughs> my, just my right. let's tour right. now. Uh, you know, Morris. What I say for me, I as you know. I improvise a lot and I never really study what I am about to say, but I did find something very interesting to say when I was dealing with the press, especially lives, uh, especially press, because I think the press always gets shrink in between the tour, the trying out outfits, whatever it is, then you get totally nervous because the band is not responding the way you want, all the distractions you can get. So the press is always put in the back of the room and you never really have time and you always you know manager or agent, whoever, or yourself, you squeeze the poor the poor press. Look how nice I am today.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is not today. I, I said that at the time. And then I think what was great about the pandemic, it was that for the first time I could talk to the press being myself,
0: right?
1: talking to them with all the time. Sometimes, sometimes really like I had like few interviews that I didn't think I was as good as I could. And I requested journalists if I could talk to them again. At some point, one of them in in the South, it was too hot, the light. And I was like, oh, could you please give me a break? And then the next day I called, can we do it? And then she loved it. And she gave me the cover of the newspaper. Yeah. So I think that for me, I embrace it in a very nice way. Because I think I personally may need it. I was in the middle of a thunderstorm of emotions. And it would be maybe too soon for me to, to show myself Here I am, big with a new album, when I was actually, you know, folding and, you know, suing my heart back and putting my thoughts and my energy back. So, funny enough, life put me back in Brazil. I was talking about my sixth album in 20 years, released outside Brazil, in Brazil, that it's 90% sang in Portuguese. So... Amazing. Now I think it's getting a little too long, and I'm dying to play live, and I'm tired of the pandemic, but still we are holding up, it's almost there, and it's not time to get crazy and tired, we just have to hold ourselves, listen to music, meditate, and and pray for better times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to open it up to questions in, in in a minute, but just any anything else you want to say, um, you know, is there anything else you want to say, uh, anything you've learned from these crazy times or anything you want to share with us? The
1: glass of, uh, I always hate, I never liked frozen water. After the summer and the pandemic, I'm drinking frozen water, frozen wine, frozen anything. Um, what can I say about that? I think that we're all going to get out stronger and we learn a lesson. And I hope the world had learned the lesson I learned. I'm trying my best to be the best I can and to understand that the world needed that break. Now we just have to defrost ourselves and get used to the new world. Yeah, and in life because we're gonna have other problems similar to this one as we are having already, yeah. and we can't stop, and we can get depressed, and we can get crazy, and we cannot kill our pets, parents, cats, dogs. We just have to be struck.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Um, so I think we have time for one question. So, um, does any, does somebody have a question for Babel? Fora Bolsonaro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good question for me, about it's up to me. Yes, baby, it's time for you to fly away, fly yeah. away.
0: So just maybe for the people who uh, didn't really understand what, what, what that was, um, just explain, um, because, you know, well, the, the politics, we have, yeah.
1: Well, Bolsonaro is our current president. He's similar to Trump, yep. he's in the same school, uh, we're gonna clean and change everything for better the way they believe it's better. I'm not gonna be wasting our time talking how bad it is this because I don't think it is time for that. We live in a democracy. So that's what I'm trying to pitch for everyone. So yes for Bolsonaro. Anyone has another question? Yes,
0: yeah, so a lot of people are asking you when are you going to be touring again? When are you performing in New York? When are you coming to Texas? When are you going to San Diego? We get, like, from all over the, the country, they're asking. So.
1: Whenever Brazil gets the vaccine, which is a big, big, big problem, yeah. that's a big thing. And if you, you want to call a awareness alert, we don't even know how we're going to get the vaccine.
0: Right, so, right, how, is how it's warm- going to get distributed. Um, a question that just came in, is Brazil giving you um, inspiration to write music? No. Being being in Brazil, okay. Okay, no. Um Another question: When are you going to be back in New York again? You know, and, and, in May.
1: In, in May.
0: May. That's, and, and my head. What That's
1: ins- when I lose my telephone number, so I have to be there, so I don't lose yeah. my nine one seven number.
0: And, and what inspires you at the moment?
1: My dog. Where is
0: Your she? dog? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's my dog. It's I. For a long time I've been alone. I never had a daughter. never had a son. I never had a pet for the last 20 years, basically. So, yeah, my dog is my biggest inspiration.
0: Right. And the great thing about a, a dog is they'll always be happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when
0: you, when your kids no, get older, they don't want to see
1: no. oh, you. your dog has its yeah. own. Uh, yeah. She doesn't like it. She knows I'm talking too loud. She doesn't right. like it. <laughs>
0: well, Babel... Thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's been an absolute honor. Um, You are amazing. Uh, Your new album is incredible. So if anybody hasn't heard Agora, I recommend it very, very highly. Uh, And I just can't wait to see you live very, very soon. And stay safe, stay well. um, Thank you. And we love you.
1: I love you too. (laughs) A question for you guys so if i want to do a show with giant step again is that possible no giant of
0: course step is At Anytime any time you want to work with me we can do we'll, it again. we'll do whatever you want to do with me
1: is jonathan back in new york nah. no he lives
0: in portland he lives in portland now yeah 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 <laughs> <That's
1: it>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when we go that far, we always know the reason. Yeah, anyway, right. Morris was beautiful talking to you. Time, yes. I, I hope I my my answers were not. Too you were low. amazing.
0: Oh, you were amazing. And
1: uh, I promised I wasn't going to drink, but I drink a little. I hope I did not that, ruin it. That's
0: everything. okay. You were fantastic, and uh, I loved seeing uh, the the beach behind you as well.
1: Oh, that was yeah. good, right? Let me try to get my dog quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: she had herself,
1: so I, I'm not going to hold you forever. Camera shy. Yeah, or make her love herself outside. Anyway, oh, she's at the door. Anyway, she's saying hi.
0: Well, goodbye. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to the Giant Step Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Giant Step. Music is by Sinevo. also visit our website giantstep.net to learn more about our award-winning marketing
1: agency.